everybody. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Non Yay! Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. And we have our lovely guest, Dr. Terry. Hi, Dr. Terry. Hi, Hi Dr. Terry. Hello. It's always weird when I actually use your real name. It's my mom. So uh, before we get into anything, we're trying to be better about doing admin work, which is, hey guys, if you haven't subscribed to us, you should subscribe. If you haven't rated us yet and you think we're a five-star podcast, please rate us five stars and leave a little lovely review. And then we have a Patreon. Thank you to all the Patreons we currently have. You know, you can give to as little as $3 a month just to help support us, but we have tons of bonus episodes. You get early access to episodes, lots of fun bonuses for supporting us, but check out our Patreon. And yeah, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Okay. How is everybody doing? Mom, are you a person? You all right? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still here. Yeah, not dead. Not dead yet? Cool. No. <laughs> Just low expectations for the future? I think we've all lowered our expectations for the future. We've all lowered them to, uh, we get to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny because so they they just put a curfew in New York City, God, like I think three days ago. My favorite part is when they first put a curfew, they were like 11 p.m. And everybody just kind of laughed where we were just like, I like the rest of the world if they had a curfew would be like seven or eight. And New York, they were like, well, you know, the pizza places are open until 11. We got to. We got to respect pizza. But now the now the curfews are at eight. And I have been struggling a little bit with it because I take a long and, time to ramp up who I am as a person. And around 5 p.m., I'm like, oh, I should grocery shop. I should, you know, go for a run. I should. And every time a, a 8 p.m. sneaks by, I'm just like, oh, I usually leave the house at 8 p.m. That's such a weird. Oh, yeah, you're a human adult. Like when I first when I first moved to New York and I stayed with my aunt and uncle in Staten Island, they asked me to come home at 8 p.m. No. In Staten Island. It takes three hours just to get to Staten Island. So it's like, <laughs> I have to leave at five o'clock. Uh, I mean, like, it, I don't have shows. So it's like, it doesn't really, like, it doesn't affect me in that sense. But the, I, and I know where they're doing it. I mean, they're trying to, to dismantle the protests and riots and, and looting. And when it comes to like the looting, I get it. You know what I mean? I, 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 I don't agree with it, but like, nobody's hurting anybody with the protests and to reprimand people for not being home at 8 p.m. It just feels like the government is now that like overbearing mom. My mom was never one of those people, but truly like an overbearing mom that's just like, what are you doing out right now? And you're like, it's still sunlight. It's summer. <laughs> like, I don't know. The fact that we didn't have a curfew during the pandemic, but we now have it because of the protests is just cruel. Do you know who did have a, like the Middle East had a curfew during the pandemic. Like Egypt had a curfew, which I don't understand. It's like, what, you can't catch the virus at 3 p.m.? Like, I don't, I don't get that at all. <laughs> when the curfew still first happened, I was a little bit like, I, I haven't left the house all day. Like it doesn't truly affect me. But like, then I started to realize, oh, I, I go out and I go get like a, a sandwich or like I don't realize that I don't want to go grocery shopping until like 745. Like it's bullshit for tons of reasons, but it is a little bit like, wow, New York City, New York City has a curfew. That's crazy. 
And what was bullshit is that we got we anybody that had like the Lyft app got an alert on their phone that was like, due to what the government is saying, we have a curfew now. At, uh, we're not going to be, you know, doing anything from 8 p.m. to to 5 a.m. And you're like, cool. So we're just abandoning healthcare workers and and people that work at grocery stores. Like it just was all of a sudden they were like, we got it. We can't do anything. And you're like, you know, there's other people than the protests. Like you're actually ruining other people's lives. Yeah, it's a mess. I imagine over there. So what's the deal now? So you can't go out past 8 p.m. Has the looting stopped or where are you at? There isn't angstiness that almost disregards it. I won't say there's an angstiness, but there is a little bit of a, like you put a curfew, we're going to stay out later kind of pushback. I do think it's curbed a little bit of the looting. At least in the beginning, they tried to figure out who who's causing havoc and let's take care of it. Now they're just assuming anybody that's out after eight is causing havoc. And now everybody's getting the same treatment. And I think that's bullshit. Yeah. And you can't loot at 7.45 p.m. That's lame. Yeah. No, everybody knows the best looting happens around 10 to 11. <laughs> We've all know that we all know that. So it's it's kind of crazy, but there's all this fun street art that's just like, fuck curfews. And I was just like, we all sound like teenagers right now. That's my favorite part. Um, I want to get into fan mail because we've, we've gotten tons of it and we're behind. I wanted to read, uh, he wants to remain nameless. So it's just uh, a fan of ours. Um, he goes- It uh, sounds like we're making it up. It does hey, sound look like at we're this making fan it up. With oh, no we, have, name. we have fans, guys. <laughs> Um, what if I was like, we'll give him a code name. Mr. Bubbles wrote to us and he wrote, um, love the show and the topics. I had a question for Liz, but Maria, feel free to answer as well. Well, that's just disrespectful. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to bring Dr. T- Dr. Terry, if you also want to answer this. Oh, um, good. Okay, Liz, you mentioned, actually, this applies to both of us because we talk about anxiety, but it says, Liz, you mentioned anxiety a couple of times in your comedy and on your show. Um, I too have experienced more anxiety as I've gotten older. I am curious about the practical tips that you, that you do to manage your anxiety when performing. In my art, in my work art, I also do a lot of presenting. I find that I have anxiety about forgetting my lines or not performing well. I am curious about what helps you find confidence and push through. So I over-prepare, like I really do a lot lot of my anxiety does come from forgetting because I have a bad memory. Forgetting lines and messing up when I'm performing is definitely um, something I worry about and can keep me up at night. So my first tip is always to over-prepare. I make my set list the night before or a couple days before. I will practice my set list. I, I, I kind of do a, almost like I, I'm preparing for a test. Um, I very much over-prepare. But once I'm prepared, it doesn't mean the anxiety goes away. It, it takes away about, I would say about 20% of it because it's like, well, I can't worry about messing up. I know this front and back. So the next thing I do is visualizing and and thinking about all the experiences that I was stressed out before and it went fine. Like that's always been the best tool for me is to be like, you were nervous before this big audition and it went well. And you were nervous about this thing and it went well. And you did the set last night and it went well. So some of it is just this self-talk to remind myself that I'm a professional and I've done this and I've prepared and you know whatever happens, happens. And then also remind myself of the times that I have forgotten lines and I have fucked up and I figured it out. Like, you know, while I do have words structured a certain way and I have a set list and I have a plan for how certain shows are going to go, I have messed things up or people have dropped a cup or I've had hecklers that have thrown me off and I've figured it out. So I think a lot of anxiety is basically your brain playing this trick like, you know, you're going to fuck up and it's all and and you don't deserve to be there and, and you're 
it, everything's going to go wrong. But I've had both the experience where my my brain has said that and nothing went wrong. And my brain has said that and things have gone wrong, but I figured it out. So I think a lot of it is just like kind of this self-soothing self-talk. Would you say the, the same thing, Maria? I think being prepared is everything. I always feel better after I figure out what jokes I'm going to say before I get on stage. It's like, because I don't know, people like to hang out before your show. And then it's just like, I'm like, I'm in no space to hang out. I'm, give me a minute. Let me figure out my set list. And then once I can figure that out, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I can like clear it out of my mind a bit. But um, if I'm doing new material or if I don't quite know the wording or whatever, preparation is everything because it'll it'll put you in a much better place. But also because I get very very nervous before shows, I try to reframe it because I'm like, oh god, I don't want to do this. That's like my <laughs> biggest thought. I don't want to do this. Uh, I just want to run screaming from every gig. <laughs> I do. But if you can if you can remind yourself what you like about it, like if you can say like actually this is exciting. I've created this really beautiful piece of art. I want to share it with everybody and like try to reframe it as something that's exciting rather than uh, a, an opportunity for you to fail gloriously. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can put yourself in a better headspace and also like I've failed. You just get up on stage sometimes I've just gone blank. And, you know, it hasn't happened in years, but like the nerves just take over and you go, well, I'm saying nothing and they're all staring at me. And that's just that can happen. And uh, but it's not a big deal. No one's going to really remember it. Although I remember this one time 15 years ago when this girl <laughs> totally blanked on stage and I'll never, ever forget. But no, but people won't think of <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. people, people won't think about it. And most people are on your side if they're there to listen to you talk. Oh. Um, comedians have it particularly bad because they're not necessarily there to listen to you talk, <laughs> but they're listening. To, they're there to listen to comedy. But it sounds like you're in the art field, so they probably do want to hear what you have to say. So, I mean, people will just be on your side. So even if you fuck up, just be charming about it and just say, "Oh, I fucked up," and and everybody can relax and you can move on. Yeah. Um, do you have anything to add, Mother? I, I'm kind of the same way, but with surgery, you know, I get nervous even though it's routine. So I do the preparation thing. So um, I might look at videos about the surgery or read about it and, and just mentally go through it. And the other thing I do, I tell myself what's the, you know, the worst thing that can happen and just calm my, myself down and say, you've done this for 30 years and, you know, you've gone through it but it's it's funny that i i get nervous between every surgery i just think i have someone's pet and they may die and that's the worst thing that could happen and i just try to say well if they make it through the surgery and they don't die i'm successful so <laughs> your stakes are so much higher than ours. I know. <laughs> ours is like we might be embarrassed and yeah. like yeah someone's best friend might not come back but it's no big deal it's yeah. no big deal dude the wording for my dick joke isn't quite there and you're like well what's the worst what's the worst that can happen uh but sorry you were talking about death mother um <laughs> yeah she's like I, on youtube like how do i do this I, <laughs> Believe it or not, I mean, you used to have to look into books, but now you go to YouTube and you can see any surgery. It's, it's kind of scary. But I, I do that. And I even tell my technicians, oh, I reviewed the surgery. I don't know what they're thinking in their head. They're saying, oh, shit. Yeah, to review the surgery. Yeah, exactly. How funny is that? You're like, hey, 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 what's the Wi-Fi connection here? I'm trying to look at what I do next. What's, what's the source? Is it like silly dude 62 <laughs> cutting open a cat? Also, do you have to wait for the ads to play? Like, is it like you're just like, oh man, I, I hit a clickbait. And when we first started, it used to be books, so that the, the technicians would hold the books. Yeah, how scary is that? You know, and turn pages for us. Yeah, uh, you're like, I got a paper uh, cut. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but but now 
yeah, no, it's veterinarians that put these things on. I really don't know why they put them on YouTube because I don't know regular for, for disappointing, unprofessional people like you. Apparently, Jesus, <laughs> I did not know you were looking at YouTube videos before cutting things open. I've trusted you. <laughs> so there you go. That's a range of advice um, that. Uh, Do you think the government was like how to stop looters? Perfume. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just some other government. Literally, I love the idea that Egypt was like, have you done a curfew? And they're like, great idea, Egypt. Thank <laughs> you so idea. much. Good we, shout. Good shout. We remember you had your protests years ago, and uh, we are going to look to you. It did end <laughs> well for us, but definitely we should, we should have done the curfew earlier. <laughs> Um, well, we hope that was helpful. And of course, we always love when people write into us. Let's get into our Googles, ladies. Um, let's start with you, Mom. What's your What was your Google this week? So mine is about dieting, and my Google was, can I survive without any carbohydrates? Ooh, okay. I think every lady wants to know. Zero carbohydrates, like no cookies. And the answer? Yeah. Should I go over the answer? Yeah, yeah, no, that's the whole point of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So believe it or not, your brain does need some sugar, and it cannot operate with sugar. However. You're we're like, hallelujah, I'm busting out the chocolate. I knew yeah, we're both eating cookies right now. I'm literally eating a cookie right now, but continue. However, your liver takes over and it can make glucose out of protein. So and fat. So yeah, so if you didn't take in any sugar whatsoever, you could still survive at because of your liver. It takes anything like meat and it'll break down the protein and what, make sugar for your what brain. What about like, because I know there are carbohydrates in some vegetables. So if you cut out vegetables too, like you absolutely had zero grams of carbohydrates. It would be tough, to be honest. To, to eat or for your body? For everything. But it, it would be tough to do zero carbohydrates. Even yeah. meat has some. So, but, it's, so in general, it's almost slightly impossible to even do no carbohydrates, but, but your body could do it. It's just, yeah. Even if you're very, very low, you could still do it. You, some people could get, you know, down to like 10 to 20 carbohydrates. It, it's tough because there's a little bit in everything, but even if you were able to do zero, your liver, let's say you were starving, for example, your liver would come into play and start breaking down uh, protein. And that was like the whole point of like the Atkins diet, right? Was was to minimize. I mean, I know tons of more things have come out, but like Atkins was like the most extreme for cutting out carbohydrates. Yeah, he was down to 25 grams, which is in itself is is pretty tough. But anyway, so you can survive without carbohydrates if you Good, but nobody wants to. Let's talk about no. let's talk about <laughs> wanting to do that. Nobody wants that. Um okay, what's your Google, Maria? My Google is why do you why do songs get stuck in your head? <laughs> I love how like medical my mom is, and yours is like why do I can't get, why can't I get Lady Gaga out of this brain of mine? <laughs> I mean, you have to hear the songs that I or the Googles that I that don't make the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but like, because I've been watching Succession, and the theme song for Su- Succession is so good, but it's such an, an earworm. And I never heard the term e- earworm until I came to the UK. I don't know if you do you know what an earworm? Oh, no. Okay, I never heard it in Ohio. 
But it's just another name for a song that gets stuck in your head or things that get stuck in your head. I, yeah, I feel like I've known that, but continue. Unlike other songs that get stuck in my head, I actually like that one. So I was like, I mean, but it's in my, it's been in my head for like six weeks. There are a lot of articles on it, but I'll try to like summarize with one article. So there's, um, what's it called? It's involuntary memory. And the one example this woman gave is um, a category that also includes the desire to eat something after the idea of it has popped into your head. Quote, a sudden desire to have sardines for dinner, for example. What? Um, yeah. I was like, what are you fucking talking about? And like, even just hearing the word sardines, I'm not suddenly even at all close to desiring that. But, um, the, but the basically, article was like, written in the Great Depression. Like, what? <laughs> you yeah. know how we all had sardines for dinner? Yeah. But basically, like, most music is the same, like, as far as beats and rhythms and, and tempos go. I, it's all very recognizable. And so, if it deters a little bit from a recognizable song that we've been hearing our entire lives, um, our brain works harder to recognize that. And so it'll stay in your head to wrap your brain around the whole different part of the song. Does that make sense? I guess. So basically, because I always knew that like every every song is kind of similar because that's why that's why songs become hits because they sound kind of like something else. It's also the reason why like not the reason why like hip hop samples other music, but you're you already kind of know this song from the 70s and now it just has like rap on top of it. But like, I guess I just don't understand what is the survival technique. Cause like your brain does this for the reason. Why is it that your brain hears so, a song and likes the same beats over and over again? Humans have been around for 200,000 years. No, is that right? That can't be right. As soon as I said that out loud. Yeah. Modern humans have been around for some 200,000 years is what this article says. But written language has only been invented around 5,000 years ago. So our brain has evolved to be able to remember things like where the well is or <laughs> like what field is the best place to catch animals. I don't know. So um, hold on. Maybe it's better if I just read. Because do you ever read something and you're like, I got it. I know this. Yeah. And then you try to you try to tell it back and you're like, I don't know anything about uh, this article. That's every book I've ever read. I was like, no, it's really <laughs> smart, but I don't, I can't tell you what I read. I know it, but I don't know how to tell you that I know it. <laughs> yeah. For a very long time, uh, we needed to remember information, information like where the well is or which foods are poisonous and which aren't and how to care for wounds uh, so they won't become infected. So like that's um, evolutionarily why we get earworms. Yeah, but my mom is now watching surgery on YouTube. Like, I don't think we need that anymore. Like, we no, I know, but it takes a while to just go away. We still have appendixes. We're sure going to work <laughs> yeah. on getting rid of that first. <laughs> Valid point. <laughs> Valid point. Um, okay, my Google was, can you get headaches from not eating? This is going to sound weird because it's been happening more since quarantine, honestly. But I just, I forget to eat. I'm almost the opposite of most people in quarantine where they're just like, I have to lock my fridge because people I have become chefs in quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, my thing is, is I'm, I almost have the opposite of ADD, which is I get into these worker B modes. And once I'm like locked in to a task, I, everything kind of just focuses in and I, I, I also eat like a bird in general. So like, I don't, I don't need a lot when I do eat. I don't like cooking. The, I, I don't, I'm not a foodie. So I'm not like, ex I'm not saying I don't like to eat, but like, unless it's something amazing, which nothing in my fridge is amazing. There's no, ex it's just to make my stomach stop hurting. So I just kind of forget a lot. And then really it's either my stomach hurting or getting headaches. And I've been getting a ton of headaches lately. And I think it's because I, you know, I'll wake up, I'll make a cup of tea and then I won't eat until like 1 PM, even though I've been up since eight. And then um, 
I won't eat dinner until like 11 p.m. or something crazy like that. And so I'll get these headaches and it's starting to be like, I think that I think I need to eat. And so of course I look it up and it says, yes, basically fasting, eating high sugar foods, dieting rigorously, skipping meals. They can all trigger headaches, uh, even delayed or like irregular meals, which is clearly I'm not on a really good schedule right now. I feel like I had a better schedule when I had a job because it was like, okay, before I go to a meeting, I should eat or um, after my show, I'm going to eat and I don't really have anything to do to tell me to go eat. And then this is all due to people's blood glucose levels falling too low. So I, I'll be honest, like I've been eating garbage when I have been eating. And then I've been eating, like I've been accidentally intermediately fasting is what I'm doing. Are you running also? Not as much. I be, I'm barely walking, to be honest. Like I've had to really, and then of course it's gotten hotter lately. I've been bad about everything. Water intake, walking, eating. I'm if I don't make it, it's 100% my fault. I don't know. I don't know what that problem is, but I I do notice on days that I do go for a run, it's more likely that I'll get a headache if I keep doing this practice. So, I'm trying to like give I wish my- I could share my passion of food with you. Like <laughs> I wish I could just give you some of it. You like do I have a fridge together. Full. I have I have two fridges full of food. I have mine and then uh, Johnny's at his place. <laughs> Are you, you're, you wouldn't consider yourself like a foodie mom, would you? No, not at all. Yeah, we've always like ate to not die. I don't know. I, I'm not saying I don't enjoy good food, but I could eat peanut butter and jelly, every, and I have, every single day and, and be like, yeah, it was good. It was good today. It was good yesterday. Like I don't, my life isn't less than for not having different types of food or like interesting food. Yeah. I could eat the same thing every day. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's easier. So I watched Julie and Julia last night about Ju- um, the girl, oh, yeah. this girl Julie, who did the Julia Child's cookbook, yeah. like, and then she started a blog about it. The first time I watched it must've been like 15 years ago. And I just remember then thinking like, yeah, these are my people. I love food. And then now I'm watching it. I'm like, oh my God, shut the fuck up about food. Like, <laughs> like who's that into food? And I forgot I used to be like just exactly like that. Anything it, interesting I eat now is because of Maria. Like that's just a fact. Like Maria has introduced me to all different types of foods, uh, all different types of like cultural foods, has given me confidence to cook, um, has shown me like tricks and stuff. I think the big, the biggest compliment, what did we get? We got some like, bread or something when we were in London, we bought something and I ate it. And I was, and you were like, what do you think? And I was like, I don't know. It's like a little off. It's like, they put like too much lemon zest in it or something. And you took a bite and you're like, oh, exactly. Elizabeth. <laughs> you were like, good job. Like, I, was, I was very proud. Yeah, no, it was uh, honestly, it was the proudest you've ever been of me. Um, let's get personal. I'm always doing, let's get personals to embarrass my mother. (laughs) That's, I'm just a a horrible daughter. So the let's get personal this week is, um, have you ever brought your own condiments or dressing to a restaurant? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. (laughs) I used, I used to bring to Pizza Hut rice vinegar to put on the salad. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I just love Maria's reaction. I'm sorry. I think it was the right thing to do. So uh, yeah, we're at Pizza Hut and you're on a diet. Yeah, I don't know how else you would have survived. Um, and, and they had the salad buffet. Yep. Yeah, and I'll, it was just like ranch dressing. Like your choices were like ranch and ranch light. Yeah, I pulled it out of my pocketbook and used it. 
Um, yeah, I, so sacrilegious to people from Ohio, like well, yeah. at least when I was growing up. Like, yeah. You either eat ranch or you move. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you were in Jersey, so I guess that makes more sense. You used to like make your own dressing too, right, mom? I, I remember you always bringing dressing to restaurants as a kid. Yeah. And I think I think the idea of the rice vinegar is, is low calorie. Why, why uh, rice over like say malt or white or red wine? Well, it was a little bit sweet. That, that that's the oh. thing. Instead of just it's it's pretty it's pretty good. And you don't need the oil. Ah, see, we all just learned something. I yeah, I have some rice. I just bought some rice vinegar actually because I was trying to make my own Chinese dishes. Do you carry anything? Are you like a bring your own sriracha sauce girl? I never quite passed that boundary. I just, even but even like in the UK, if if I were going to do that anywhere, it would be in the UK because their sauces are like they have brown sauce ketchup or vinegar. You know how we have Italian and French and Thousand Island and ranch? The salad dressing here is like, is just like a white salad dressing. And I forget what it's called. So I just feel like we do sauces better. Yeah. I mean, ours are very caloric, but are delicious. Like the amount of people that are like, your salads are just as bad for you as your burgers. And you're like, yeah, I know. That's my favorite part (laughs) of salad. (laughs) Like, Like, I know. My most embarrassing memory. And my mom knows this, like, you know, we'd go to McDonald's or whatever. And I would make my own sauce, which was honey (laughs) mustard, ketchup and honey. (laughs) You were disgusting. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, I'm the, I feel like I'm the one that started it. I don't know if I'm misremembering, but I would make this (laughs) sauce in, in McDonald's and then all my brothers and sisters would make it too. And it was like, I felt like I invented something. And, you know, yeah, have we had weight problems? Yeah, but that's not the point of this story, guys. <laughs> I honestly think as an adult, I would still like it. I was an artist. Um, it, my mom let my creativity shine mm-hmm. even when I was seven and making my own sauces. But really, that's I'm just a sugar addict. That's just sugar on sugar on sugar that I would dump uh, barely meat into. And, yeah, that um, is disgusting. <laughs> like, what? Uh, when I got when I went to McDonald's to get chicken nuggets, you get like the honey mustard and the barbecue. I always got both because I want the option, but I never mixed it like a monster and honey. Yeah, it is truly some kind of cardiac arrest in a tub, but it's I still stand by it. I stand by salad that. cream. It's called salad Ew, cream here. That's Ugh. a terrible name. It, no, thank that's you. what they no, put on salad. No, thank you, UK. Sorry if we offend our <laughs> listeners, but no, thank you. I know what we have is also gross, and I just told you what my condiments are. Yeah. Um, I like how I'm judging <laughs> but, them. But, but yeah, the honey mustard ketchup honey girl is going ew. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I've ever brought anything to a restaurant. I am very close to bringing my own soap to bathrooms because I don't like. The, we've talked about SLS before, so I am be- slowly becoming that person that brings their own stuff. It, to the outside world, but it is yes, yet to be food. I was just going to say, when I waited tables, people used to order ice water, lemons, and sugar. And I'm like, you mean a lemonade? And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I said I want ice water. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they're out here being like, no, I am going to make it and you're going <laughs> to charge me nothing. <laughs> Yeah, any dream of a tip is gone as soon as someone orders that. You're like, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to get into um, diet fads. I brought my mom on for this specifically because, first of all, my mom's told me stories about ones she's done in like the 70s and early 80s. But then I also remember every, I feel like I remember every diet my mom has been on. And then as I've had to 
my diets are mostly due to like health problems and stuff. But whenever I am trying to kind of figure things out or change things up or understand what's the best way to approach something, my mom has done so much research and has experimented on her own body that I feel like she is her own nutrition nutritionalist. Um, but I just want to hear, well, can, we can kind of start with my mom's uh, diet fads and then we can kind of work into like me and Maria's. But do you want to tell us about like your earliest diets that you've either done yourself or made up? Because I know you're also very creative with your food. I love doing diets. I love reading about it. And I actually counted all my diets over all the years, and there were 16 diets. <laughs> and some of them, even though they didn't work, I did them a couple of times. So I, <laughs> I love that. I love that dedication. Yeah, I, I enjoy repeating them. But, <laughs> but my two that, that I'll start, start with, that I was the most successful, and again, it wasn't about health, it was about losing weight. So when I was in college... I did this 600 calorie a day diet. Oh my God, you starved yourself. Yeah. Like <laughs> I said, it, it worked, Maria. It worked. It, it, yeah, I lost 20 pounds in a month. I mean, nothing about health and nutrition. And I wasn't, I thought I was heavy and I needed to lose 10 pounds, but it probably, you know, ne- wasn't necessarily true. Do you, um, do you think that that one was actually an eating disorder? Oh, it could have been. This is the best part. I had this little notebook and I wrote down everything I ate. And in those days, there wasn't apps, of course. You had to get, have a book that told you all the calories. You had to write everything down and look look up each thing and, and, and write how many calories. So I ate 600 calories. So you would like open up a book and it would say an apple is 50 calories like that's that's how yeah that's how you do wow it. that is I mean that is an eating disorder mom that's that, too much research <laughs> yeah pro- probably is. so I did it for a month I lost 20 pounds and I was um, you could eat whatever you want though was it like the Weight Watchers approach in the sense that whatever you want as long as it's under 600 yeah, it was. I don't even know how I got six hundred calories, but that that was the the amount. It wasn't a lot of food, and so yeah. so with that, I lost twenty pounds, and then I kind of plateaued, uh, and it was just a month because you're you were dying. Then what came out during yeah yeah during <laughs> or stars or well, I don't even know what that's called, but but then it came out. The next thing that was popular was protein, high protein shakes. So is this like a slim fast? Yeah, something like that. But it was. I mean, I don't even remember the names. But the worst part is, I don't like milk. I don't really like the way shakes taste. So this is going to be disgusting. So I took a tablespoon of the protein, and I mixed it with a tablespoon of honey. And that was lunch. Whoa. And I, right? And I remember like my- Liz's condiments. I know. I know. I'm, I'm really <laughs> learning a lot about myself. <laughs> but I remember the best part of it was my brother saying it was the dumbest thing he's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that, I lost another five pounds. And the best part of this story is I was amazing that I had a waist of 28. Wow. I went I wasn't ever a clothes person, but I got jeans. It was fun. And then I wanted boots. And the saddest part, my brother took me to like three or four malls and I could still not get boots because of my calves. And yeah, we got big calves. Uh, that's that's so, our family trait. So sad to be the lowest weight I ever was as an adult and still couldn't wear boots. 
But anyway, those are the dumbest, the two dumbest diets I've ever done. I have others, but um, I don't know. Someone can, you, else. can I, t- like, can I tell the story of my favorite dumb diet that you told oh, me about? Oh, I had another dumb diet. I forgot. Yeah, go. It's the one in college, right? Oh yeah, that was, that was. Uh, okay, Maria, you have to hear this. This was my mom's diet. And I don't know why we all know about this, but in college, my mom invented, cause my mom is uh, an inventor. She invented the <laughs> diet Pepsi Hershey bar diet. You can eat as much as you want. It's always like that Ted Alexandro joke. As much, <laughs> as, you as, you want. Want. as much diet Pepsi, as much like like she was rations during World War Two. Like it was, <laughs> it was actually ta- it was actually a tab. You kids probably don't oh, even know. Oh, 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 oh no. so, mm-hmm. Was it diet tab or just tab? I don't really know it much was about. Called, it was called tab, but that was their diet coke. Oh, okay, okay. So she was she was tab. Sorry, mother. It was tab mm-hmm. and Hershey bar. And so I was just like, so you just had sugar all day she goes yes like my mom looks like a little kid when you ask her she goes yes <laughs> it's the best diet i ever did and it worked right how much chocolate can you eat after a while oh yeah it starts to get gross it yeah. really does also we should talk about your cavities if we're going to talk about this diet <laughs> we should talk about the bling inside it your wasn't mouth totally harmless <laughs> how long did you do that diet for mom no, I, I really don't remember. It wasn't too long. It was less than, than a month. You just can't. Certain things you just can't keep up. And literally your insides are rotting because, yeah, like, makes- you know, you joke about not having any carbs, but this is like no protein or sustenance or nutrients. Yeah, because I'm doing heel right now and it feels exactly like that. It's like a like the protein shake diet. You know, it's just you shake it together. You, they have flavor enhancers, so you can make it berry or chocolate or mint chocolate or whatever. I don't fuck with those. But like um, I have a vanilla Kuehl diet and I was doing it two of three meals a day and each each shake was 400 calories, which is actually quite a lot for somebody sitting on their ass all day. Like I'm not exercising. <laughs> like I wasn't looking for the energy, but I felt like I was more energetic. So that was good. Bad. Um terrible farts. And I'm so sorry, terrible gas and terrible diarrhea. I had to stop because it's just not worth it. Like I did feel like I was losing weight because I would have a sensible dinner. I think I already talked about this on a podcast. Yeah. Uh But, but what always concerns me, and this is what I've learned just from doing healthy diets is that if you're, if clearly if you're having diarrhea, but also if you're farting, like your body's like, I can't digest this. That's literally what it's saying. Right, mom? Like, I, I always feel like that's, yeah. that's like such a, like, we joke about farting, but farting is actually a real symptom of distress. Like, your body is like, hey, 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 I don't like this. Like, I don't like this. Yeah, that's I, what I, I was thinking that this morning. It was like, because you go on the forums and everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, the farting's bad, but you'll get through it. Just power through. <laughs> but like, I'm like, this can't be good. Like, I, because they're like, yeah, anytime you change your diet, you're going to have that. I'm like, I don't, this I don't, seems wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this I'm seems like, very wrong. Yeah. I don't, you know, I just, cause like, think about when all that stuff has happened. Like you immediately are like, oh, I ate something wrong or whatever. But like, it literally is digestive of, of issues if that's the result of it. So even, I'm not saying it's, it's the worst thing, but if, if it's happening to you, your body is literally saying, I don't like this. Yeah. So I, I think I'm going to start doing food again. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> I think between this episode and you farting, you're like, I think I'm going to eat again. I think I'm going to be a person. Yeah. Well, I could really use some sardines. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if I've had dumb diets. I've had diets that are unmaintainable. I, I mean, in general, how I eat is dumb. Um, I didn't. I also don't like thinking about stuff. I think I'm very much like how they talk about Steve Jobs or like um, B- 
Bill Gates, they like dress like cartoon characters. Like they just wear the same thing every day so they don't get decision fatigue. Because I don't really care about food, I almost think I approach food that way. So I ate the exact same oatmeal every single day for like five years. And then I would have like peanut butter and jelly for lunch because I was always doing shows. There's this place called Press Toast. It was $4 and it was by the cellar in the city. And so it was cheap. And it was filling and it had turkey and like an avocado. And I was like, avocado is. Oh, yeah, I remember that place. It was so good. Now it's a crepe place and it's very upsetting. Um, I mean, I like the crepes, but this made me feel slightly like I was being healthy. It had to be under $4 in filling. And that was dinner. And I did that every day, every night for years. And I wasn't gaining and or losing weight. It was like a financial consistency. And because I was running, it kind of didn't matter what I put in my body because I kind of just maintained my weight. And then I dream of that. But that's also so joyless to me. What what would you say is the the hardest diet you've ever done, mom? The leek soup diet. What? What's the leek soup diet? Just eat leek soup. Every day. How is that I'm not exactly. part of the dumb diet? How is, that, how is that not one of the dumb? I get that it's not chocolate bars, but what? Well, it's a vegetable. It's a vegetable. Is that like? Did somebody else make that up, or did you make? Wait, that no, up? no, no. I didn't make this one up. Somebody wrote a blog, and you followed oh, no, it, and it just yep. said "eat leek soup," and you're like, "This person's onto something." Yeah, yeah. And you had to make your own leek soup. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. I think that was one of my dumber ones. Another dumb one, which makes no sense, but it was. It was a book and people actually followed it was the blood type diet. Yeah, you told oh, me I remember about that. that. Yeah, it makes no sense if you see the list of things you can and can't eat. What did was you the leek soup one just broth or did you get to at least chew leeks? No, no, no. It was soup. Yeah. No, okay. No, no. That I, one didn't last long. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I mean, I think that's worse than the tab chocolate bar. There's no joy in that. Okay, so what would you say are the ones that have been like healthier? Like I understand because that's the complicated thing about women is that like I feel like more men do diets to like, I don't know, power themselves so they can be stronger and make muscles. And women, to me, it feels like 80 is just to be smaller. Yeah, is to lose to lose weight. And as you can hear, we've made a lot of sacrifices on our health for that. But I think you've really changed over the years where you now do it for health reasons as well as maintaining or losing weight. Lately, I've been trying to get stronger. So my diets have been more geared to that, to lose fat. That was the problem at the beginning. It was like it was losing weight, but no one thought about you're also losing muscle and fat and and, and that's not healthy. And the diets now are geared to losing fat and, and holding on to your muscle. So I think my my latest is more uh, ketogenic, more moderate protein, but more fat, and it and like lower carbohydrates, and you can at least build muscle on that. Um, and I also do IF intermittent fasting, meaning that I don't want to make any decisions before twelve o'clock. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do any eating, and that works out really well. And it just gives you a window of you know, when you're going to get your food, not that it's impossible to go crazy and overeat, but you do have a smaller window, especially when you go to bed at eight. So you have an eight hour window. Of yeah. So you have an eating curfew. Yeah. An eating curfew. Yeah. Gotcha. You're like, you're like the police are regulating when I can put food in my body. Yeah. I had a friend who like, she, she got, um, she helped her dad lose a bunch of weight because she, she got him to not eat after seven o'clock. 
So he had his last meal before 7 p.m. and he lost tons of weight that way. And she said that's all he really did. Which that I feel like guys aren't allowed to say anything because like every no. guy I know is like they're like yeah I just <laughs> ate an apple and I walked to the mailbox and I lost forty pounds you're like well it must be nice it must be nice to have testosterone that just lets mm-hmm. you do whatever you want so it's like it's always so hard to hear men talk about their diets working I'm not saying they're not good or they're not great for them but like it's a it's just such a different conversation so I have a I have an intermittent fasting question as somebody that accidentally does it. Do you, can you have coffee on it? Can you have any liquid on it if you're intermediate fasting? Or is it really like you don't eat or drink anything before 12? No, no, I, ha- I have coffee and, co- and actually coffee is okay. Can you have cream in it or any, anything you're like prob- that? You're probably, you're not supposed to, but I measure out uh, a tablespoon of half and half. So I'm, I'm not like a hundred percent, but. Is that know. still considered fasting though? Probably not. We okay. use Fasting, please. I don't do that. You are very defensive. There's a lot of defense in that response, mother. What do you say? <laughs> a tablespoon. Uh, well, that's that seems like a lot. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> so I feel if I couldn't have that, there's no reason to live. But go on. <laughs> but Maria, you've done the keto diet, right? It really worked for me. Like, and I. Uh, for the past four years, I've had a lot of issues losing weight. And I don't know if that's because of birth control or what, but, um, doing, doing keto and I, I did it for maybe six weeks, but I lost, I lost a nice amount of weight. Like, I don't think I realized how much I lost until like, I realized I was buying like smaller clothes that fit me. I mean, obviously smaller clothes. Okay. Let me try to say this again. (laughs) I didn't realize how much weight I lost until I'd gained it all back and then some. And then I looked at the clothes I bought while I was on the diet and I was like, oh shit. Like that works. It really works. <laughs> the problem is, is that if it's if you don't maintain it, you gain it all back, and you'll gain a little bit more back. So that's tricky for me because I don't, I don't trust myself to stay on the diet forever. Which I thought was always the problem with all crash diets is like, yeah, you'll get the results while you're on it, but as soon as you go off it, you balloon right back up. But I don't think keto is a crash diet. I think it's a lifestyle. I mean, that's how I would say about paleo. I would say the longest diet I've ever done and probably the most successful diet, both for healing my body because I had a lot of health issues, but also just for helping my athleticism because I'm an athlete. We all know that. Um, It's a running joke in my family, which is like we go for a walk and you're like, sorry, I'm an athlete. I'm going for a walk. What do you what do you always say, mom? Fitness is my passion. Yes. <laughs> my mom and my brother, my mom and my brother will like eat a cookie and they're just like, fitness is my passion. <laughs> but for me, like I started the paleo diet, which I think my mom was the one that introduced me to it. And it, paleo diet was very much linked to CrossFit. So I think my mom got into CrossFit, which guided her to paleo, which I think is like keto adjacent. Wouldn't you say that, mom? Yeah, it, it's pretty close. Uh, pa- paleo is... Um... It's a diet for cavemen. They're not too much different, but I, I think there's um, more protein with the paleo. I could be wrong. What I, I what I appreciated about paleo, and honestly, what I would say made me the most successful with that diet was the fact that it was, I could tell you what it is. I haven't done it in years or been strict to it in years, and I can tell you exactly what it is. You cut everything out that's white, so you're not eating rice, you're not eating flour, you're not eating processed sugar. Um, you're not eating potatoes. So you kind of cut out everything um, that's white, which is, I mean, great for the sentiment <laughs> that's going on in the world right now. I think like everybody, everybody protesting should be like, we should also be on the paleo diet so that our <laughs> lifestyle matches our morals. 
Um, <laughs> so you cut out everything that's white and processed. No dairy. Yeah, no dairy. Yeah. Again, also white. So you cut yeah. out all that stuff. You cut out all processed food. So then you're really just eating. Everything was a, was a live thing before. So, you know, you can have honey if you're going to have something sweet. You can have fruit. You can have meat. Like they tell you to have like organic happy meat. Isn't that Whole30? What's the difference? Um, I didn't do Whole30, but I'm sure it's very similar. I think Whole30 came out of paleo, but I'm assuming it's pretty much similar. I think paleo came first and then Whole30. And then there's different little rules and they started changing things. Even Whole30, like potatoes are okay. Yeah, because I, I, I read the, the new Whole30 book over Christmas and they started out with going, we said no potatoes before, but um, you guys wanted to burn our houses down. So we decided <laughs> potatoes are okay. <laughs> And I read the whole book and I was like, what good ideas were in that book? <laughs> you're like, you're like, you read it like a novel. You're like, that was yeah. a beautiful read and I will never pick that up again. Exactly. <laughs> I healed my stomach issues with the paleo diet. Like I truly had like, and we, I don't think we've released the episode yet, but like we talked about like my, my gastrological upsetness that my body was for years and just IBS and all these other kind of issues and taking out all processed food changed my stomach because I went from somebody that was like almost addicted to Pepto-Bismol to mm. now I think I get an upset stomach maybe once every couple of months. And it's usually because I, I just went crazy fried food or like something that just like, if I, like, I'll tell you this, I haven't been to McDonald's in probably 10 years. And I think if I went, I would die. There does get to a point where you take bad stuff out of your diet and you fall apart, but you become weak. You do. You become you become a weak human that can't mm -hmm. have fun anymore. But I think for me, the paleo diet was some. I kind of did the paleo diet. Then I was super strict with like the candida diet. Whose phone is not off? Oh, I'm sorry, mother. That's okay. It, it, it is it, not. It is. Yeah, it was a fake call. I mean, that is bullshit. I was at least hoping like, it was oh, some kind of. She's like, oh, gotta go, gotta take this call. Nice seeing <laughs> you, ladies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I was, next time. I was hoping it was an emergency. There's a cat in a tree, and it I needs to that. Like, Min's is sick. I gotta go. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> Mr. Snuggles. I gotta go look at this YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What I, it's so funny because like when a phone goes off in a show, everybody's like, "Ooh, what is the comedian gonna say?" And it's like, turn it off. <laughs> I'm working. Be respectful. It's not funny anymore. Um, but yeah, I, for me, for health reasons, I would say the paleo diet was not only the most successful into healing my body, but it was the easiest to follow both in like, it wasn't so restrictive that I couldn't have like fruit or like, you know, every recipe is like how to make cookies, you know, without high fructose corn syrup. You had to be more active and make your own sweets, but you could still have sweets. And then um, it was just easier to follow and was broader rather than like I did the candida diet because I had candida. And that was like, I think that was the most suicidal I've ever felt. Like, What was harder about that one? Assuming I know nothing about the candida diet versus uh, paleo. It's no sugar. It's like not oh. even like they're in the beginning of the candida diet. You can't even have fruit. Like paleo is like you can have healthy fruits. And candida is like if you get any kind of sugar, like if you cry and it's a little sweet, you fucked up and you have to start over. I did the candida diet, I think strictly for like six months. My mom remembers it. I had like a birthday yeah. and she was like, do you want a cake? I was like, I can't have cake. She's like, you want like a fruit platter? I was like, I can't have fruit. And she's like, where's my daughter? What did you <laughs> do to her? Um, I was like super. And you know what? It didn't really solve my candida. And like everybody, 
I did it and I thought like, I'm sure it helped in the long run just to kind of cleanse my body. And I was definitely a sugar addict, but I, it's not only so unmaintainable for me, but once you stop, it just all comes back. Like the sugar cravings and stuff. I just was like, fuck it. I'll just try to be more moderate. That actually brings up a point that we didn't really, um, the, the effect on your family and friends. Like when I'm on a diet, like I ruin my mother's life, you know, (laughs) it's like when I go back to Ohio, it's, it's easier for me to break old habits and stuff. And so, and I know I'm doing nothing for however long I'm there. So I know I can have, I'll have the time to diet and be able to make the food I want to make. She gets so upset with me, you know, or Johnny, like if I say I'm, I'm going to cut carbs and he and then we get into a long discussion about why carbs are fine. And I'm like, that's fine if they're fine for you, you know, but they're not fine for me. And like so like but he almost takes it as like an insult to him. I find yeah. that people react like you're cheating on them. Like, yeah, like it's the same visceral reaction. We go out to eat to bond. And so if I get a burger and you get a salad, it's like, well, fuck you. Fuck yeah. you for eating a salad. I thought we were friends. I thought we were eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. First of all, it makes you feel bad. Like you're they they take it as it like you're doing it to them. Like there's nothing worse than somebody gets a burger and fries and you get a salad and you're just like, why don't you just tell me I'm a bad person? Like yes. you know, yeah. why do you have to be passive aggressive about it? <laughs> but we, I mean, we were my mom was on a diet most of my life and we were annoying. I specifically remember, and I'm embarrassed and I apologize. My mom was on some strict diet and we were all sugar addicts and I was eating Oreos and I was like eating them in her face. And I can't believe you didn't hit me. Do you remember that? Or did you just try to block out having children? Yeah, well, yeah, that. (laughs) I I, I really don't remember that. And and I was always on a diet. So, you know, people- You were lightheaded. (laughs) Just because I wasn't eating it doesn't mean you can't eat it. So I was never like that. And with all my diets, after a while, you lose your sugar craving. So I was, I was actually okay. Yeah, I just remember being annoying about it, and I still You're think just annoying. Yeah, well, that is a valid point. <laughs> Maria will stand by that. Um, it took me a really long time. It wasn't until like my mid twenties that I made the connection between eating crappy food and gaining weight, but also eating crappy food and being healthy. Because I think if I understood that. I wouldn't have had as many uh, health problems or stomach problems. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have had to go on these extreme diets to heal my body. Do you think it's your fault? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying. To, that's why I brought you on, Mom, is to let you know it's your <laughs> fault. But I also think you, yeah, of you, course, you, always the mom's fault. Yeah, but it's always, anyway. always. Um, this is just therapy for me. Um, <laughs> but do you feel like you started out with crash diets because that was like what the trends were, and the only result you wanted was? losing weight. And now as an adult that understands that that only sets you back further, even for weight loss, but also as somebody that has larger goals than just losing weight, which is to get stronger and to be better at performing um, weightlifting tasks. Do you think it's the motivation has completely changed how you look at food? It, It has changed. And, you know, when I was younger, like in high school, it was all about calories. They really didn't know anything about nutrition. Uh, it was calories in and it wasn't about the quality or, or, or anything like that. Yeah. I never thought of, of food as fuel for your body or to get stronger it was just to lose weight. And like I said, it was, they never stopped to think, well, you don't want to lose muscle. You, that is actually a bad thing. So when you restrict calories so much that you lose your muscle, that's what slows down your metabolism. And that's why when you stop, you know, this 
you know, 600 calorie diet and you go back to eating, you're gaining fat and you don't have the muscle that does all the, oh, yeah. the, bur the burning. So yeah, I've definitely in the last couple of years changed on eating food that will fuel my, my workouts and building muscle. And I think that's where you get a metabolism and that's where you don't have to worry about every calorie. It's, I don't even think it is about, a, about calories anymore. Can we together list every diet we can remember you doing? Because I remember Nutrisystem. Yeah, three times. That was one of my... Um... <laughs> yeah, my mom used to bring her own food to restaurants. <laughs> I used to bring... Oh, there's this... You should have seen this ha dehydrated hamburger that was part of Nutrisystem. <laughs> Sorry, Nutrisystem to be... But you would add like water to it. <laughs> oh, that's brain. so gross. <laughs> Let's try to guess all sixteen. So, is, does Nutrisystem count as three? No, no, that was that was separate. that was one. That was okay. one. Let's we'll try to do it as quickly times. as possible. Okay, Nutrisystem, well uh, Atkins. Um, I know she did Atkins. Paleo, keto. Uh, oh wait, uh, Weight Watchers, right, Mom? Yep, Weight Watchers was twice. Did you do Slim Fast? Yes. I didn't, I didn't, that was even on there. Oh, oh shit, was, 17. Oh, oh shit. You just added stuff. My, yeah, um, my mom definitely did. You do, did you read the book French Women Don't Get Fat? Because I found the leek soup diet in that. Yes, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's one, one of them. Yep. Those are the main ones that I remember is Atkins, Paleo, Nutrisystem, Weight Watchers. Fuck. South Beach? Yes. Oh, good. Nice. South Beach. We already said the blood type one, but we didn't say it for this list. So oh, the blood, yeah, blood type, type one. Yep. Okay. Because Jennifer Aniston was on that one. <laughs> or at least that's what you're led to believe to do that one yeah yeah thank you for that that intel uh you're welcome um crap we're up to nine um oh whole 30 and then are we counting did you count your weird uh pepsi or tab is yeah. your okay tab yeah. 11 tab hershey's oh um your weird uh um honey thing that you did the honey powder yep yep honey powder oh, that's 12 anorexia yeah. <laughs> 13. And then um did you did you ever do master cleanse? No. Oh, okay. So 600 calories is the 13. All right. So I don't know what the I I'm out. Let's do the four. What, uh, what tell us what we missed. Count your macros. These are kind of new things. Okay. Um, IF. What is it? IF. Uh, intermittent fasting. Oh, I oh, right. oh, okay. sorry. I did counting calories. That's like what it was in the beginning. Just oh, yeah. counting calories. That's okay. the anorexia one. Oh, no, I, thought the, I thought the 600 calories was the anorexia one. Isn't no. that counting calories? Well, that was like really restrictive. But counting calories is, you know, the 1200s and you write everything. Oh, down. yeah. That's what I'm doing right now. Macros, macros will make more sense. I can talk to you later privately. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your guidance. And then we're missing one. It was called the warrior diet. And oh. oh. It, and there was a book, but it, it's also like the meat only diet, which is another. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, roommate, my roommate. How are the yeah. farts for that one? So my roommate does it and it's like super controversial. Like Chris always comes over for Christmas and he would be eating a steak. Like we would go to grocery shopping and he wouldn't eat any of the typical Christmas stuff. And so my mom kind of noticed and she's like, what you doing? And he's like, ah, you know, I, I don't know if you'll agree with it. And so he shares and my mom's like, I've done it. And then they started like literally girling out. Like, so <laughs> now Chris and my mom are like, okay, what do you do for this? Oh, we have this. Oh my God. I totally do that. You know, my skin is really cleared up. My skin is cleared up. Like it's just so funny oh, wow. because it's such a controversial, because even with Atkins, there were vegetables, but this, right. 
this warrior diet is like eat a steak, have fun. You're a man now. Um, Mom, you've really hit. So you all didn't the do vegan or anything like that. We were vegetarian for a while. Oh, remember our vegetarian days? Yeah. This is what I remember. Like in the 70s and 80s, my dad told me he had really bad hay fever, and so did my aunt Donna. And he was like, I think it has to do with diet or something. I'm going to go vegetarian, not vegan. He went vegetarian. Yeah. And so I remember I didn't really eat meat until I was like a teenager, except for like maybe chicken nuggets. But like we weren't a big meat family because my dad was vegetarian and he was vegetarian, I think pretty strict for like seven years. And then when he, even when he went back to meat, all his hay fever, like he never, once he went vegetarian and even after he stopped being vegetarian, his hay fever and all his allergies went away which was kind of crazy. Oh, wow. That was like the, the big takeaway for my dad. And was he, w- he a healthy vegetarian or was he eat like French fries all the time vegetarian? He was pretty healthy, wasn't he, mom? He ate a lot of ice cream, but... Yeah, and, and those cookies, I can't think. Oh, was oh that the low, Yeah, or was that the low-fat one? Oh, no, snack wells. Yes, yes, remember like oh, that. Man. that was a, like that was a health food just because it didn't have fat. That it didn't have fat, better. but it was like literally just a ton of sugar in cookie form. <laughs> We, that was like, we had these like diet cookies and that's what we were allowed to eat as kids. Okay. Yeah. So really 18 mom. That's very, yeah. I'd awesome. like I think we did something here guys. <laughs> Don't follow that was a guess. most of the diets my mom did. That would be my <laughs> advice. Um, see all this was, all this failure in dieting was for something. Don't you feel like this was all meant to happen? <laughs> It was it was fun listing them all. I I was like shocked like, <laughs> during the week. I kept building this list. Like, oh, I am I am nuts. <laughs> there is some kind of systemic problem in our society with women being controlling. Yeah, this is disordered eating. I yeah. mean, at the very least. Yeah. Um, okay, guys. So we want to hear if uh, we would love to hear about your diets, whether they are some of the ones that uh, Dr. Terry has done and me and Maria have done. If you have other ones, I would love to hear about made up diets like my mom's tab and uh, Hershey bar diet. Yeah. Email us. So it's at two non doctors, full words, doctors at gmail.com. We are on Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. Follow us. Um, Patreon. Come on, guys, give us three dollars. Oh, and all the emails. Thank you so Thank much you for, for we're gonna get we back them. to them slowly and steadily. Um, but be safe, make good choices, do a diet that's right for you and for your health. You're beautiful as you are. Say goodbye, Dr. Terry. Thank you, guys. Bye. Say goodbye, Liz. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> It's no big deal. It's no big deal, dude.